Hey, it's midweek, March 17th. We're continuing a Lenten walk toward Easter, seeking in this season before Easter to keep our eyes fixed steadfastly on Jesus, just as He fixed His eyes on Jerusalem and walked steadfastly to the cross for us. You can reread Luke 9, the 51st verse, to get the context of our Lenten walk. This week, I want us to consider those around the cross, the faces of those who made a deal with Judas. It was several weeks ago that we spoke about Judas as Jesus' untrue companion, but his own frustrations and failings were badly misused by the chief priests and the Jewish elders of Jerusalem. In fact, it was after his betrayal that Judas, deeply tortured by his betrayal of the friend who he had for three years called Master, went back to those who duped him. He, he flung the money down, hoping that getting rid of the money would relieve his regret, his guilt. He hoped somehow to put it back on those other men with whom he had conspired for 30 pieces of silver. Guess what? It did not help. These men, in fact, these chief priests and elders, unmoved in their own souls, answered with the lie that they'd come to believe themselves, as Matthew records in verse 27.4. They said to Judas, What do we care? That's your problem. Now, you know, in one sense of thinking, these priests and elders were correct. It was Judas's problem. He'd made the choice to betray Jesus, he had not had to do that. Judas' sin was his, no matter who might have shared in it. Yet we also hear this verse, What do we care? That's your problem. And know what a lie it is. They were correct in asserting the guilt of Judas, but they were lying when they said there was nothing for them to care about. The Greek in this verse translates literally as, what to us? You will see, or you will see to it. It was Judas's responsibility, not theirs. But that was a lie. They did bear responsibility for the sin. They'd financed it. They'd encouraged the betrayal. And they'd been delighted with the results. In their answer, we can see all the components of evading responsibility. There's indifference. They didn't care if Judas sank or swam, whether he lived or died. There was contempt. Judas had served their purposes. Now they were happy to cast him off. There was superiority. We love to believe that even sins we've been privy to, somehow been on the edge of, are sins we never would commit ourselves. Most of all, these chief priests and elders simply did not want to be bothered by Judas's situation. Here are the telltale signs of our own desire to avoid responsibility. That's your problem, not mine. If they had simply done this, they'd not be in this pickle. I sure never would have done that. Ah. Uh, I can't stop now. I'm just too busy. The excuses we make to avoid responsibility for our sins of commission and omission 
fit these four categories for sure. In fact, haven't we Christ followers for centuries said, what is that to us? All while we blamed Judas, the Jews, the Romans, anyone but ourselves for crucifying Jesus. But truth be told, it was for your sins and mine that God hung His Son on that cruel tree. Let's commit to Jesus' steadfast way by determining that we will carry our own responsibility, even to owning our complicity in the sin for which Jesus died. Let us confess our sins. And as we do this, then through the forgiveness Christ bought for us, we can, and I believe will, become less indifferent to the burdens of others. I believe we can and will have less contempt for others who we meet each day, feel less superior to our fellow citizens in this world, and I believe we can and will be more than willing to bother ourselves with caring for them in the mess that is the result of their own sin, but a sin in which we share with them also. God bless you. God does bless us. We are blessed to know God and to live with Him each day. Take care and I'll see you Sunday.